When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs, and Kane's not afraid to shoot! Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! Try and place it, wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh wow, what a run! Yermin Son, from inside his own half, has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Hello there, welcome to another New Spurs Order podcast. I'll be a host again tonight, X-Pac, and I'll be joined by... Um, Two guys who are going um, two for two. We've got uh, the two guys who are on from last week. Jack, blacklisted Jack Sting. How you doing, man? Yeah, good to be on consecutively. It's been a, it's been a while, actually. But yeah, no, I'm uh, optimistic and actually, you know, for once, looking forward to seeing Spurs play. Yeah, I like how you addressed the last pod. I think you kind of introduced it. It's like, we're going to have a nice positive pod. And hearing you say that, I was like, Oh my god, you've changed you've changed that friend completely. <laughs> Might start to I think, think that can sw- that can swing anytime <laughs> at any point. So we'll just see. But oh we <laughs> most will of it. get into that. And uh Booker T slash Tops. How you doing, brother? Good man. Always good. Happy to be back on. Um yeah, and looking forward to Angeball. Sick of this stupid international break and uh, how much uh PR uh, Harry Maguire's got, but yeah, at least the Premier League's back tomorrow. Fair enough. Um, you've alluded to what the first subject was going to be in the running all the top, so I'll come to you first, as you are kind of currently watching the man who we're about to speak about. Uh, Kane, in the international break, former player of us, uh, had something to say. <coughs> he was directly asked a question um by journalist about Spurs and he kind of had a few things to say in the sense of uh you know it's not a disaster it's like it's a good challenge being at Bayern now because they're expected to win every game it's a disaster if we don't and it wasn't a disaster if we lost two games in a row at Spurs but did you feel a way about those comments at all um personally i i didn't initially feel a way but then, I mean, when I read the whole uh, piece, I, I kind of did. Just because, like, as a Spurs fan my whole life, you know, I've not seen us do much in terms of success. And um, people can arguably say that since Levy came on, um, although we haven't won, like, trophies, it depends how you look at, you know, or how you how you rate success. Um, we've kind of had a bit of an up- upward trajectory uh, a nice period under Poch and obviously the club is in a bigger and a better place. But I do kind of feel that it's important to say that, you know, these kind of comments, <clears throat> I don't know, I, I just felt that, I felt a little weird about them because I felt like he wasn't really taking much ownership um, as opposed to be one person who was part of the main leadership group, um, which they spoke about last season and someone who's been predominantly here throughout his whole career, but again, through a lot of the period of Levy's time where we had, had we had some sort of relative success. So I just felt that he was almost passing the buck and not really taking much responsibility because at the end of the day, 
players are essentially what create the culture at the club. And someone who has been there, especially in a lot of the moments that we didn't perform well, semi-finals, finals, um, and big some of the big games, not all of them, but some of the big games that really mattered, that could have actually changed our history. Um, he was, you know, he was uh, local in all of these. So I kind of felt a little bit of a way, especially him leaving the club in the manner he did, uh, like last minute, and then him coming out and saying this stuff. Yeah, a lot of people were kind of ignoring and going both ways um, on this in the sense of like, okay, King should probably show a bit more accountability given that he did play in a lot of these big games, but the record in semi-finals and finals does leave a lot to be decided. And then there was um, obviously big points made about okay, the... The precedent has to be set from the top and, you know, do we have that mentality to want to be pushing on to be an elite, elite club, to be winning trophies and just being at the top challenging year on year on year on year. And to be honest, I was just looking at it and thinking, okay, it's okay for both things to be true. And I think both of them are true. Um I do think it kind of leans a bit more towards the club setting the precedent for this kind of thing. I mean, like more often than not, it does have to come to the top. It would take something really, really special for one player as gifted as Kane is and as gifted as some uh, some of us may not like to admit. Um, yeah, as gifted as he is, like it would take something monumental for one player to kind of set that tempo and set that precedent for a club to really be challenging at the top because you can say even though he obviously pandered to Kane with these uh, post Pochettino manager appointments high Mourinho for him high Conte for him we didn't really replace some of those players that left us in the sense like Ericsson Alderweireld Vertonghen straight away um, even the whole Moussa Dembele replacement didn't quite work out because we just didn't have a proper plan for, for Ndombele in the end. And then he, unfortunately, sounds like he let himself down a bit. But yeah, um, just the whole present within itself is um, is set mainly by the club for me. And um, now we'd be joined by Goldberg, aka Tobes. We were just touching upon the Kane comments just quickly, um, I was saying essentially both things can be true in the sense that, you know, Kane obviously should have done better in the semi-finals and finals, but I do think it's probably more on the club to set the precedent for a winning mentality and for it to not be a disaster if we lose two games in a row. But what were your thoughts on Kane's comments? I think with Kane's comments, um, and I said this in the chat as well, um, I didn't really see the big deal in what he said. Um, I don't think he was he was cussing out his 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 own um, former teammates. I think he was talking about what it's like to play for Bayern in comparison to play playing for Tottenham. Um, and when he's talking about like playing in the Champions League and finals, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or feeling that added pressure and whatnot. Um, I don't think he's absolved. He he absolved himself of any responsibility in some of those moments where Spurs basically didn't get over the line. So for me, it was more a case of Kane just emphasizing the difference in pressure playing for Tottenham versus playing for Bayern. Because let's be real, there is a different pressure playing for Spurs versus playing for Bayern. At Bayern Munich, you're expected to to not just win the league, but win the league at a canter in style and you're expected to win the Champions League. You're not expected to win the league at Spurs. You're not expected to win the Champions League at Spurs. It's a best endeavours sort of thing. And it's not to say that Spurs is a jolly up, right? We've gone through so many different managers, which proves that it's not a jolly up. But the, the difference in expectations are there. And I think that's what he was just emphasising in his interview. Yeah, I think it's quite hard for Spurs fans um, who kind of criticise these comments online to comprehend how much pressure there is from just German media in general. Obviously, we're not immersed in that, so it's hard to get a gauge on it. But 
like you said, they are expected to win the league. With a squad like this, they're expected to get to minimum semi-final of the Champions League. Otherwise, it would be disaster. Like, there's no way, even in our kind of peak Pochettino times, that, you know, we would have expected to do that. We wouldn't have even been expected to do that the season after the final. Yeah. So, like, like that's... Like that's just something that's that came just emphasised, and he he wasn't lying. He may have been able to articulate it a little bit better, but mm-hmm. I mean that's that's definitely not his strength anyway. And I'm sure Sai will not. probably agree with that. Um, <laughs> it's not at all. It's not at all. That's why I, I I would want like people to just read between the lines. Um, I do think though my last point on this, and someone raised it to me yesterday. Like, can't really argue with what he's saying, right? Even though some people will, but at the same time, as someone who was, as someone who was and still is, like held in such high high regard at the club, like he should find better ways of speaking about the club. I, I get it. Like it's, it, he's telling the truth, but be be softer, right? You you'll struggle to find comments of Gareth Bell. Like if they were to ask Gareth Bell about pressure at Real Madrid and stuff, you'll struggle to find comments of Gareth Bell putting down putting down, I'm doing it in quotation marks, he didn't mean to do it, but putting down Tottenham, like it just wouldn't happen. Do you get what I'm saying? It wouldn't happen with big players that we've had in the past. So I think I can understand from that perspective from Spurs fans that like we shouldn't constantly be the the reference point, even though we are going to be the reference point because he used to play for us. But I get it. I get it. That's fair. That's fair. Did anyone else have anything to add uh, to that one? All I'll say is, what he said was correct. Is he the right person to say it? I mean, a lot of players could leave the club and say the same thing. If if an ever if an Eric Lamella came, you know, won the Europa League, which he did, um, you know, would he? And if he said something like that, would he? Would he be wrong? No. Um, even though he was part of also part of the fading regime, I just think that, you know, what he said is right. It's not that deep. We move. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not that deep at all. Um, moving on to just other happenings in the international break, I feel like pretty much most of the talk after that whole Kane comments just ended up being round a uh, 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 replacement number nine. <laughs> so I was just laughing at Simon's comment in the uh, in the chat. I think when he's been bad, I was gonna call him Simon because he's saying some unsavory things about Kane. Um, Richarlison struggled, um, missed an easy chance against Bolivia and looked to have been a bit upset on the bench after he came off. And then, um, was it Peru? Um, he scored an offside goal against, um, celebrated, obviously, as you would, because it's a goal. Um, and then essentially had it chalked off and didn't score again. So, no, I think people are getting onto him more and now he's come out and said, like, okay, I've been struggling mentally. There's been things kind of going on in the background in the sense, like, there's been people who I've had to cut out of my life because of um, they've been after me for my money and then I've cut them out of my life and I'm just kind of getting through that. And that, for me, was just like, a, that explains it. That was um, a kind of light bulb moment. Like my stance on Richarlison uh, hasn't changed currently. I still think Son should be our first choice, number nine, and Richarlison should have a few games, maybe just the one game out um, from starting at least. But um, tops, what were your kind of thoughts on the whole Richarlison situation? Yeah, I mean, um, generally, I think it does open up a bigger conversation about what what players are dealing with. Um, I think on one hand, it's very easy to just see what we see on the TV or in the stands and um, just assume that players have to just go out there and do their jobs. Um, but then you have to kind of remember, um, just like we did when we spoke about Dele Ali, um, that players are humans and um, they have they have human things to deal with as well, which is fair, which is fair enough. Um, I think even more specifically with regards to Richarlison, um, he, I think I read somewhere that it looked to be, uh, I think an agent or someone who was very close to him who had, uh, maybe, um, their relationship had broken down and, uh, that's clearly something that's been affecting him, uh, emotionally, mentally. 
Um, and as a result, his um, his form, his confidence seems to have taken um, a real dive. Uh, you know, still hasn't scored this season. Um, and it's been a bit of a frustrating one for him. I mean, I, I I totally understand it. And actually, I think it's very good and it's very open to him to, to open up the way he has um, about this. But then on the other hand as well, I I can't not say that I did, like, I didn't like, not, it's not that I didn't see it, but like, I just, I watched Richarlison when he was at Everton. I saw a little bit of him when he was at, when he was at Watford. And I've always just had this feeling that like, to be a striker, especially at the top level, you have to have some, I won't say like metal, but there's something that you can see in some of these top strikers where like they're super unwavering in the moments that are key. They can really make these high sort of high sort of uh, valued decisions, uh, choices, especially when they're, when they're in front of goal. And I've always kind of been a little bit, a little bit, um, unsure as to whether he he's had that you know like that game against Bournemouth really kind of told me a lot just because I know he was probably dealing with something mentally but it's just I just need a striker to be able to do what essentially he's paid to do and um you know I've never really been super convinced of him as a nine um and to be honest with you him playing at a position on the Conte and his his minor run under the you know, under Postacoglu hasn't really given me like mu- much confidence, but then, you know, maybe it is right. Maybe, you know, him coming out and saying that he probably needs to speak to someone psychologically that would help him from a mental perspective will probably help. Um, I'm sure it will help. Um, and maybe he can come back um, with a different mindset. Um, like I, I do feel kind of sorry for him uh, because he's really struggling. He's really struggling. I mean, I don't know what he's struggling with personally off the pitch, but on the pitch, he's really struggling. And I hope he's like he somehow fights these demons to get back to some level for us because we need him. We do. Like I genuinely still think he can be useful for us. Um, I feel like I might be one of the only ones batting for him to be at least useful at this point. Okay, maybe Tobes is as well. Fair enough, fair enough. Um Jack, you, you, you wouldn't agree with that, now. Jack, I'm gonna, I'm, Jack I'm gonna, I'm gonna be sensitive because obviously there are issues that there are issues that Pigeon has that we aren't aware of that we're not gonna. None of us have any idea. I don't even know what's funny. This is a very sensitive matter. Um, yeah, all of those things we don't have a clue about. So we're all, you know, can't speculate. And we've got to have this duty of care, got to take care of him, make sure he's fine, make sure he's all good, make sure he's, you know, in line and in check mentally, physically, all that, you know. It's as your employee, you've got to look after your employees at the end of the day. Um, I do feel that on the pitch probably may have, I don't know if you know, it's a chicken or egg situation, which way. Which way is it? Is it anything personally that's affecting him on the pitch, or is his or his personal matters affecting him mentally, or a bit of both? You know, who knows? But what I will say is, take some time off. You know, um, it could be six weeks, it could be a whole season. Who knows? Just let him have a break. You know, let him rest, and we've got you know we can rotate other forwards at least at some point. Hopefully, I don't know. Yeah. I I also think as well um quietly um Veliz maybe coming into the fold is kind of timely kind of maybe um I don't know uh it'll be interesting to see how we uh move forward with this whether he decides to take the time off immediately or he actually does something or whether he continues to just uh, plow through and uh, um continue playing yeah, it's unclear like, whether he'd have to take time out of like, actual match day squads or anything like that. I certainly think he'll have to touch bench for a few games and kind of feel out the team from there. But yeah, like I, I really respect how brave he's been about speaking out just about his issues and that bravery within itself. And I think 
him being brave and open about this issue will be a weight off his shoulders within itself. And hopefully he can go on to still make a difference in the side. But yeah, um, I would just want to move on um, to see the Ange comments because they go kind of hand like he's been speaking to talk sport as well and just been just pushing his own the Ange train forward like everyone's all aboard the Ange train now even the ops are all aboard the Ange train I was listening to the main podcast and see Toast was on it um over the weekend and you're kind of saying that okay Spurs actually look good Ange looks good uh what did you kind of make uh, of his comments Tobes, through um through talk sport talking about like team accountability and I see just how he dealt with the whole Richarlison situation in general. Uh, the same thoughts that I've had um, since he's stepped foot through the door, to be honest, that I'm just more and more impressed with how he's been able to handle handle um, handle himself in front of the press. And I think with Ange Postacoglu, what is really, really refreshing, which I think he does better than any manager we've had um in years, even better than Pochettino, is he doesn't really mince his words. He's quite clear what he's trying to say. And I feel like the managers of the past that we've had, Poch at times, he could, I love Poch, but sometimes his press conference were a bit like, what? Like, what What does that even mean? Um, Jose was just the Jose show. Conte was just, oh, I hate the club. I, <laughs> get me some players. And Nuno was just Nuno, right? So, I feel like with um, with Ange Postacoglu, with Ange Postacoglu, I think he's just clear, man. You can see that he's he wants to win and he wants to make it work with what he's been given. Like he's not shying away from the task at hand. He wants to make Spurs a success with what he's been given. He even said it in said as much in the Talksport interview. If it fails, it's on me. And I feel like whilst that is Levy's perfect dream, right, to absolve him of any of any blame, I also think it's brave. On, on a manager that's putting it all on his shoulders to try and take on the task at hand. Whereas managers of the past would be saying, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. So I think he really carries himself well. And I feel like the way he's coaching our team so far, I don't really have a bad word to say about him. But one thing I did say on the main pod and I, I, and I will continue saying is, it's good now. Like things are going well right now. For Spurs, Ange Postacoglu is unbeaten. There's not really been many injuries. Um, new signings have settled in well. Like so, all the things that could be good for Spurs outside of Kane, outside of all the things that could be good for Spurs with the circumstances at hand have gone in his favour. But I want to see how Ange deals with adversity. I want to see how Ange deals with one 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 game one game where we lose and we deserve to win or two or three games where we haven't got a, a result or um, when we're in a rough patch, because those, 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 those games are going to come. Like it's just football, the nature of football. You have your highs, you have your lows. I want to see how he is when we get our lows. And I think everything he's saying so far tells me that this is a manager who's not really going to hide when those low points of the season and future seasons come. So, so far, so good. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, we just need to get blamed, as I guess people were saying. Um, yeah, I think this point from Sai is perfect as well, right? I think this point from, sorry to interrupt, I think this this point from Sai is perfect. He's getting a lot more grace from the media, right? Same vibe as Redknapp. Antonio Conte didn't really get that case. That Antonio Conte was more a case of, he's too good for Tottenham. He's too good for Tottenham. I think Ange Postacoglu, because of what he's had to deal with, Kane leaving, and the good start he's had, and the football we're playing in comparison to previous seasons, all of a sudden there's a there's a lot of hype around Ange Postacoglu now, right? I think we know the English media. 
one minute you're a hero, the next minute you're a zero. The same people that are painting you up as this messiah are the same people that are going to be tarnishing you when you have your your bit of your, your, your rough time. So I think we just need to stay grounded. Can't let ourselves get consumed by everything that everyone's saying about Ange Postacoglu. But at the same time, be optimistic that we have a manager that's actually going to take accountability for, for his performance and the club's performance. Yeah, it's been a minute since we've had the accountability and um, there could be quite a few things that even come out of the fan forum meeting. I just wanted to come to you again, Toast, because you've been to one. Um, do you think there's anything that can come out of that? Like, how do you think it'll go? Um, I think I think it will be better this year than, than last year because obviously I guess there'll be certain topics I imagine that Levy will be like, oh, don't talk about, don't shed too much light on, you know, the, the usual spill. But I think because of Andrew Postacoglu's personality and demeanour, I feel like it will be a much more enlightened conversation, a much more enlightening, enlightening com- conversation than the one with Pochettino, Levy and... I can't remember which player it was that was there with them last time round. I didn't really enjoy that one um, because I just felt like I didn't really get a resolution to any of the questions that were being asked, right? So I feel like this one, because Ange doesn't really mint his words, I would hope that that would lead to a much more productive conversation. Um, but that's as far as the team is concerned. I imagine that Daniel Levy will still be his old usual self when they talk about ticket prices and so on and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Like, if I was there, I'd love to just kind of get an insight of what their kind of plan forward is for the kind of behind-the-scenes football operation. Because there's been so much that has happened. Like, Steinson's left, Paratici ended up being a crook. And then the whole delay of um, Scott Munn being hired is it, it led to quite a reactive window for me. So I just wanted to see what the plan forward was with that. And then, yeah, who knows if someone who even, even asked those questions or not. Um, Jack, was there anything, I guess, from kind of that fan form which you would kind of look to see addressed? Um, obviously, I think. We are obviously what we what we, what the fans are being charged itself. I think needs. I don't know whether that what he has or has been looked at or anything like that. But definitely, um, yeah, definitely, what's going on in the scenes, the actual sort of hierarchical structure of the club, how it's setting out to do things in terms of progressing the club. Definitely, um, a bit more transparency on that would be a bit nice, and. Um, yeah, just the sort of, I don't know the word for it, but the actual idea in terms of transfers and the actual strategy we've got going forward in terms of youth, in terms of players in their, in their sort of early, mid-20s. I just want an idea of what we're going for, profiles. I know obviously signing Postacoglu as manager is a big indicator of that, but definitely just more transparency as a whole in the footballing side of things. For me, and, and yourself, and contracts terminated, right? And uh... let's talk about bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. They're stretched khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So how do you get them? You go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Say it then, Jack. You want contracts what terminated? Was that? I said contracts terminated. Yeah, you got Loris making the sport. Yeah. Eric Dyer. Yeah, uh, your best friend. Uh, yeah. Certain, uh, yeah, he should be he, like I said last week. He should be Eric Dyer should be given the seat in the stands with his brother. Like that's it. That's where he should be. He should have he should have climbed up those stairs and stayed there forever and never come back down. <laughs> like, that, that that is where Eric Dyer should have really been. But hey, that's, he's got to find him first. But I was just thinking that's what Yao would have said if he was here. But no, sorry, Tops. What were you thinking um, about this whole kind of fan forum thing in general? 
No, for me, I mean, it's pretty much echoing what, what we've all said already, especially what Tobe said. Um, I still feel the way that they've dealt with um, the pran, uh, the ticket prices is pretty disgusting. Um, I think for me, um, I'm more heavy on just where the club's moving forward in terms from a football point of view, um, making sure that we're making all the right decisions to kind of be in and around um, the upper parts of, of the league um, where we want to be regularly competing um, for trophies, regularly competing in the league. And also as well, massively um, using all the money that we spent um, and efforts that we spent on the, on the academy to actually provide some level of first team pathway some of these youth players, you know, we're seeing a lot of these guys being moved on or not even being given um, squad numbers um, and having their careers stalled. Um, and it would actually be positive to actually see some level of, of like pathway where they can actually develop uh, before they're moved on or they're, come, or they're promoted into the first team. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's going to be more important now more than ever. Now we're actually signing youth at the same time as improving the first team. Like, obviously, we made signings like Valise, and then we got Udogi and Saad just before that, who have come into the first team now. You've just had the signing of Vizkovic, which we will look to touch upon in another pod. But, again, he's uh, in his late 16-year-old um, stage of the signing. We've... Uh, apparently pipped Man City and PSG too and he'll join in 2025 when he's 18 and it's just having a pathway like you say for those type of players as well fully agree um, so we've got a nice hard run of fixtures we've got to get into starting with um, a game I guess we should be winning a team we should be beating maybe Tobes may or may or not agree with that, it's given his beef. His newfound beef with Sheffield United fans. I want fans. us to wipe the floor with that fucking Steel City club. I want us to wipe the floor with them. I swear to God. Yes. How many Skull bookmarked front. tweets you have want... you got again? If you What's that? How many bookmarked tweets have you got again? I've got like 13, bro. I've got like 13. I don't even know these duns. I've got guys who are living in, I don't know what era, what what parts of Sheffield are there? I don't know, right? I've got guys that that were tweeting me all sorts of nonsense who didn't know me from Adam and they want to talk. So, right, now, if we smoke them on Saturday, I'm going to talk and I'm going to have a lot to say because, oh, the... Oh god, like listen, you don't even understand, yeah. I forgive, I don't forget, right? I forgive, I do not forget, right? That brother that wanted to come on the show, I've I've forgiven him. He can come on when we play at Bramwell Lane, right? But I'm not gonna forget what he said. So I want us to show no mercy whatsoever. I want us to absolutely pummel the living daylights out of this club. I remember the last time they came to our ground, we hit them for what, like four goals? Gareth Bell scored a brace. Was it four or five? I want the same sort of violence. I want us to absolutely bury them, send them right back to the championship where they belong. Because that ain't no Premier League club right now. I'll tell you that. Man for man, and I don't care. I'll have it out with any Sheffield United fan. That is not a Premier League caliber football club right now and they will tell you that it's not so yeah. I want us to go out there on Saturday and embarrass them I need that I absolutely need that one no is not enough for me two no is not enough for me I need a free goal margin just to rub it in their faces and if we get that and I think we will if we get that I'm coming to get it back in blood I swear to god you don't even yeah. understand more I think the team, do. the team needs to get it back in blood because that FA Cup, like we got dumped at the FA Cup by them, even though they were an even worse side than they are now. Like they used most of their backup team to dump us out, which was obviously more than embarrassing for us. So yeah, three goal margin minimum. Um, tops, what are your thoughts kind of going into the Sheffield United game? Would you see any changes? I guess from the Burnley game at all do you think um no no like i absolutely echoes uh tobe's sentiment uh i watched the game against everton and i've seen you know their first four games they're a poor side uh i'll be so real they're a poor side both of them looked really poor everton and sheffield united um and if it wasn't for pickford uh sheffield united might actually 
they might have actually come away with um, a, a win that day. But I just think it's just a matter of making sure we, we, we take care of business. That, that FA Cup game, um, Richie Ladd showed, him and Lucas showed exactly who they were on that day. So um, I kind of feel this is going to be a completely different affair. Uh, the last time we played them in the league, uh, we had a really good away win uh, where Ndombele scored that uh, sort of wonder goal. And then, like Tove mm. said, um, we had a 4-0 win um, during the COVID season where Bale scored a pretty good hat-trick. So I don't expect anything um, less than a comfortable victory. Um, just looking into their squads, looking into their results. Um, interestingly, over the last... Um, over the last week or the international break, they've lost like two or three of their main guys. And actually the one guy who normally would start, um, I can't remember his name, he's a Bosnian guy. Um, he actually was suffering with an injury before and normally Bosnia asked him to come up and play. He, he decided not to play. So actually they're, they're really struggling from a defensive point of view um, this weekend. Um, when I was listening to um, Heckenbottom's uh, conference uh, presser this, this afternoon, they, they looks like they're just going to try and give it a go. Um, they seem to feel like they were pummeled when it came to Spurs last time. Um, so I pretty much want much of the same. I don't want anything less. Same. Fair enough. I think, I think um, with, with, with Sheffield United, so I did watch them against Everton. And yeah, I, I felt like if Everton, don't get twisted, Sheffield United had their chances, but I felt like if Everton had better final third play from Dan Juma and Beto, they could have really done some damage to, to to Sheffield United, right? And that's Everton. So I don't think it's unfair to say that Spurs, if they play to the level that they've played to so far this season, there really should be a comfortable day here for Tottenham. Obviously, no, no game is given to you. Spurs still have to go out there <clears throat> and play to the level that they have played to for most of the season so far. But play to that level... And win, so I can I can rub it in people's faces, right? The cheek to say that a Spurs fan is a is what were they saying? They were saying stuff like, "Oh, um, I'm a glory hunter" or something like that, or "I'm snobbery, snobbery, snobbery" for saying that a B team Championship side should not be beating a Premier League side in an FA Cup tie. Mad. Anyway, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah West Ham fans agreeing and everything. Like it was crazy, bro. <laughs> Crazy it was absolutely mad. Of course. What I say, what I say is, like, we cannot let guys like Ollie McBurney score because if that happens, <laughs> yeah, we will we, have serious concerns at the back. Because, yeah, we need to keep a clean sheet. I think we need to stay solid, limit chances to a minimum. I, I don't even think Sheffield United should have even any kind of chance at all. To be honest, we shouldn't allow that to happen in any way, shape, or form. The, they got players like Chris Basham. I remember this guy playing for Bolton when they were last in the Premier League. Like, <laughs> yeah, they 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 are not they don't belong in this league. I saw that game again as well against Everton. It was two poor sides, poor cohesion, absolutely no ball retention in any part of the field whatsoever. Players of just such low quality. The football itself in play. It was a good game, but it was down to. Just horrendous, you know, awful mistakes. Chances, you know, even the chances that Sheffield United had for Everton at the back were awful as well. It's just we should not be, we should not even give this these guys a sniff. And yeah, I agree with Tokes. Three, four nil minimum is what we should be giving them. But you just never know. You never know what could happen after an international break. Exactly. How you can no start pressure. A game. No pressure. I mean, to be fair, human son, he didn't have to travel for his international games. Uh, played both of his games. I think it was Wales and England. Um, stayed within the UK anyway. Romero looks like he escaped injury. Um, so it kind of goes without saying, like, no pressure going into this game. We're going into this game with the manager of the month and the player of the month as well in Postacoglu and Madison. Um, and obviously, we're expecting a big win against Sheffield United, but I'm gonna come to you as well, Jack, because we kind of got an interesting uh fixture kind of list coming up. Like, obviously, after Sheffield United, we then have Arsenal away uh they're liverpool at home and then what well, looting away um how do you kind of see it kind of planning out for for those games and you might be on mute yeah oh, um, that arsenal game i'm going to put that automatically as an l um i think that's just that's just become a default um yeah. recently so i'm just going to put that as as a loss but 
the rest that of the game, sound Sheffield. Very <laughs> no, I mean, should be uh, should be uh, winning the Champions League this season, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Sheffield United, Liverpool, Luton. I think Liverpool. Oh, we have to get three points, man. I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of playing these guys and getting nothing out of it every single damn time. And that one win we had against them back what was it, 2017, the four-one, and that yeah. that was a long time. That was the first win in a long time as well. It's it's getting on my nerves now. Just get get it done. Beat these guys and. Just break this bloody hoodoo because it's getting it's pissing me off. It's legit I, pissing I would me off. Own, I would own. I would genuinely have like, uh, I think I would have enough jam to fill a factory with the amount of jammy goals I've seen Liverpool score against Spurs in the last five or six years. It's ridiculous. Alderweireld putting the ball into his own net in the ninety-third minute of the game. Eric Dyer just passing, literally passing the twice, ball twice. to Mosella twice. Right. Heading, heading it back and then passing it back. It, 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 it's, it's absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. Guys guys missing absolute sitters like Lo Celso, point blank. Son hitting the, po- hitting the post at Anfield a couple of times. Like there's so Bergvine being put through on goal a gazillion times and not finding the back of the net. Only for us to go lose that game to a Firmino header in the 90th minute. It is enough. It is enough. It's enough. I've had enough. Word to Said. I've had enough, man. I've had enough. I'm sick of it. And this season, we need to get it back in blood. Yeah, I want us to snatch the wig off of Darwin Nunez's head top. I want us to to knock the stuffing out of Jurgen Klopp. I need us to beat this team. I'm sick of losing to them at home or dropping points. I'm tired of it. And I want... I want retribution as well. Yes, I know more retribution. I want retribution for that little pesky so-and-so, Andy Robertson. He's a he's a little cheeky, you know what, right? I'm not going to say the word here, but you know what he is, right? I need him mudded in that fixture. Arsenal, I hear you. Arsenal is, yeah, man. You get, we've been humbled at that fixture so many times that like it's, it's, it's even become like, like, taboo to sort of go into it thinking Spurs are going to get something because it just never really materialises like that so yeah that one I think I feel like that'll be an L Damn I kind of get the uh, feeling um, an intangible feeling that Arsenal will be a better matchup for us for some reason like I think we might be able to snuff them out and get a result there whereas Liverpool are kind of like I, I I imagine they'll probably set up similar to how United set up against us at home. It'll be chaosful, high pressing, but they're just better at it than United right now. And yeah, unfortunately, I see it as it, it's. I think it might be a bad matchup for us, but I'm, I've got a bad feeling. I I do think we'll get a result against Arsenal though, and obviously I'm comfortable and confident against Luton. Uh, Tops, how do you see these kind of four games in total? Yeah, similar. Out? Similar to Tobes, um, uh, I, like as much as I want to see um, us get a result at Arsenal, I just don't see it. Um, I just feel like the whole occasion of it, Arsenal generally tend to turn up for these games. Um, we tend to go in, in ourselves a little bit. Um, and the game's far too chaotic, in my opinion, for us to ever be able to have any real control. Um and Arsenal aren't really the team that kind of see control, especially at home anymore. Um, so that, that's a game I've I've quietly um, conceded. If we get a draw, that's a good result in my opinion. Um, but Liverpool at home, we need to be winning this game. Like being there last season and just us throwing the game away almost in the first half to try to try and chase it back in the second. No, we need to pack these men in. Simple. We need to absolutely pack them in at home. Um, yeah. Everyone's talking. Everyone's talking about, oh, Liverpool are back. Salah is there. Trent is playing for midfield. I need. I need us to pack them in on a real one. I need to pack them in. So, if you would rather us Liverpool get a result against better, one, though. if you had to choose, who would you rather we actually got a result against? <clears throat> um, personally, I think that the way that I look at pot, I sorry, the way I look at Postecoglou and the way that we're building, I don't mind it in stages. Get the little ones done. Get the little ones done. Get the little milestones done. Get games like Liverpool at home, winning those games. Because remember, like we look at it from a big perspective. Arsenal were doing that for you. Actually, even though they were having some trouble under under Arteta, they were they were mashing the small man and they were losing the big games. And slowly, they've slowly got better at the big games. It's not going to happen overnight, but 
at home, let's be winning these. Let's be not even be losing these games. Let's be winning these games. So Liverpool at home, I want to see us smash. Sheffield United at home, I want to see us smash. Luton, I need us. I need to see us smash the hell out of them. And then yeah. Arsenal Send away. And then Send Arsenal away. Man. Arsenal away. Get a draw. Put in a performance where you don't cower into yourselves in the first half an hour and lose the match even before it started. You know, like little things. I just think these two games are proper litmus tests for us this season. Like, as much as, like, like Tobe says, it's so good mm. to be on, on a high about the manager and how we've played. We've played teams that we should be beating on a real one. They're inferior opposition. United was a tight one, but we won that and we were home. That's the kind of result I need to see consistently. I think we've... Yeah, um... I... Sorry, go on, um, go on. No, no, um, I was just going to say I, what Top said is a good point about um, how you start games. And I think, yeah, we can afford to start games the way we did against the likes of Burnley. But if you start games like that against Arsenal, you, you might not be able to rec- recoup the goals conceded. So I think starting the games well and not, you know, sh- not shitting your pants, basically, at kickoff is going to be the most important thing in those bigger games. That's what I want to say, really. I do think as well, um, sorry to sort of bring it down a little bit, but we need to get Luton out of here, man. Honestly, we need to get Luton out of this league. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not having it. I know everyone's, everyone's like, everyone's getting bare, giddy, and oh, look at their ground. It's such a proper old school ground, and it's got people's houses in, on the way in the terraces. No, get them gone. That place is an absolute dump. The ground is a dump. Luton itself is an absolute dive. Get them gone. No Happy empathy for, them. for your countryman Barkley. Pardon? No empathy for your countryman, your fellow Nigerman Barkley. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. That, that brother didn't. Did, did, he, did, he, did he declare for our country? You're. You're. Did he declare for our country? Did he declare for our country? He looks more like you than he, does, than he looks like me. Brother. Uh, <laughs> both ginger, sick, man, honestly. Both ginger, and both, both ginger, and both nasty pieces of work, yeah? So, <laughs> so I, I, I'll, I'll say it again. So I, my words aren't to be misconstrued. Get Luton. Is it Luton Town? Get Luton the fuck out of this league. Get them gone. I don't like seeing their ground. I couldn't even name you six of their players. And to be honest, I don't want to know about any of them. I just want them back in the championship where they belong. Because this Premier League thing, it's not for them. It's not for them. Sorry, I don't. I don't want to be seeing people's people making their dinners and shit when I'm when I'm en route to the inside their ground. Like, what the hell is that about? It's not what for the them, man. It's Imagine not for them. Who, who's the worst shooter for Spurs? Who's the worst ball striker for Tottenham? Richie Lavish Allison. Richie. So can you imagine Richarlison booting the ball into someone's living room? What the hell is that about? <laughs> what the hell is that about? Nah, man. Get, genuinely get them gone, man. I, I'm, I, I've never really fallen into in love with this whole, oh, the Premier League dream. Some teams, you know, some teams, you just don't want to see them in the Prem. Like, I don't want to see Luton. Don't want to see Millwall. Don't want to see Ipswich. There's just certain teams. I don't want to see you in the Prem. Respectfully. And Luton, you're one of them. Beat them. Spurs, I need, I need us to beat them and I need us to beat them well. I feel for the away fans because I know the serotonin levels drastically plummet as soon as you enter the Bedfordshire borders. It is... I've got... I'm family in Luton and I tell you right now, yeah, the mood as soon as you pass... Yeah, as soon as you pass Hemel Hempstead, it just... You, you on an absolute downer. Right. Is the worst place on earth. Forget forget the country. It is it is an absolute cesspit. It is horrible. It is the literally Luton is the place that's bred the EDL. It's also the place that you know has had it's had other uh, terrorist links. It is the worst place Mate, to be in. It just breeds. I've got stories about Luton. One of my, uh, you know, they're not podcast friendly, but all I'm going to say is this, yeah. One of my mates um, was chatting to girls off Instagram. He invited them down for like a party and stuff. They said they were from Luton. They came down. Let's just say they did not look 
like what they were advertising on the Instagrams. And I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah? Let's move on. Very unhinged. Very unhinged. Well, that could be one to to sign off on. That was a beautiful... um... Beautiful review of Luton. I think you just <laughs> you're gonna have people on your um on your DMs and your Twitter like Tobes did with, uh, with Sheffield United fans. Maybe that'll be a sight to behold. Bring them on, bring them on. I'll tell them to their face. Y- 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 your team shit and Luton's a dive. Like they'll 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 probably yeah. agree with me. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got, ple- I've got plenty of family down. I'm probably gonna get some WhatsApp messages. So yeah, here's what it is, <laughs> bro. Like what what what, what am I meant to say? Uh, Sai saying that um, Tobes' left foot would definitely smash windows in Luton. Listen, is that true? I haven't actually seen Tobes play for a You know what? You know what? Sai, I've been sitting on a like, what's that? What's that chick's name? Lani Good or whatever her name is. When she's like, I'm sitting on a bad boy piece of information. I'm sitting on a bad boy piece of content with Sai implicated. Yeah. This guy's trying to do up sexy eyes on Instagram, on IG. I screenshotted this from like a week ago. He's talking about cap- feet as well. He put his caption as testing the angles. And this guy was smizzing like you wouldn't believe. You'd think this was Chris Brown on set, bro. Like, it was crazy what this guy was doing. So, Sai, your days are numbered. I'm coming for you. Yeah? Pause. (laughs) (laughs) What the Ross? The evidence evidence is here as we speak. Yeah? (laughs) 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 oh my god that's nuts (laughs) he's in the chat as well so uh, I'm sure he's giggling away (laughs) I look forward to the voice notes back and forth in the in the group chat now thank you for that Mm. Mm. all right well thank you for everyone who's been watching the stream that was a hell of um, a hell of a sign off please uh yeah, Simon's definitely in the chat now. <laughs> for those definitely in the chat, especially Simon, thank you for watching. Thank you for commenting along. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at New Spurs Order. Still be sure to follow us on TikTok. The content's still rolling out. Uh, be sure to follow us on Patreon as well. We've got plans for a reasonably priced Patreon coming now. We're even going to put the ad-free version of this podcast on the Patreon as well. So, yeah, feel free to check that out before we really get the ball rolling. And, um, yeah, as for now, we've been New Spurs Order and peace. Safe. Peace. And belted into the rear, brilliant goal! On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.